Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. And this is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. It's Thursday, August 4th. avid online shopper, you've probably been prompted to buy now, pay later from companies like Klarna or Afterpay. Just as you're about to hit buy, you're offered the option of paying in installments rather than all at once, and often with the promise of no interest on those payments. Digital buy now, pay later options skyrocketed over the last several years. And now BNPL has come for crypto through a decentralized finance lender called Teller. Is this really a good idea? Joining me now is Bloomberg reporter Mistralina Egolfopoulou. This is just another way for people to spend money on how buy now, pay later fits into the crypto economy. Mistralina, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I feel like whenever you come on the show, it's because there's something happening in crypto that I probably should worry about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I mean, it's not your fault personally, but, you know, I I was reading your story about buy now, pay later coming to NFTs. And I was like, hmm, interesting time for this to be happening. Before we jump into the crypto part of this, can you just talk us through a little bit like what buy now, pay later is, particularly in this modern digital context? Yeah, I think the easiest way to describe it is like a modern layaway option where, you know, individuals who are trying to purchase something that might be, you know, a big price tag on it um, have the option through these new companies that have come into the market to pay in installments. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's interest, sometimes there's not, depending on what the price tag is. And so, say, for example, you want to buy a pair of shoes that costs $200, you can pick an option to pay with buy now, pay later. And so you'd pay, you know, $50 now, $50 in two weeks, all the way up until you pay um, your 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 shoes off. So what experts have warned recently about uh, buy now, pay later is that it tends to make people overspend because the money you're spending in that given moment in time may not be enough, but over time, you've basically borrowed, you've taken a little loan mm -hmm. on on something that you can't necessarily afford, uh, yet you're still purchasing. And there's there's a you know pro argument here as well when you're we're dealing with an inflationary environment like the one now, where everything just costs more. It's yep. giving people a way to spend money um, that they otherwise wouldn't be able to. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword. As are so many things in finance. One of the criticisms that I've read about this is that you might have a BNPL account at an Afterpay and another one at Klarna and another one like through your credit card company. And there's no single dashboard that you can sort of look at and see how much how much you owe. Is that is that a kind of a common thing that's happening? People are like, oh, wow, I forgot 
that I bought shoes over here and this furniture over here. Yeah. I mean, if you're using one or more of these apps, so say you're using Affirm, Klarna, and Afterpay, you have different open loans mm-hmm. on on all of them. And you have to check, you know, what you owe for each one of them individually, similarly to if you have like multiple credit cards. So right. this is just another way for people to spend money um, to to take on debt in, in some ways that doesn't feel like a credit card. Um, because oftentimes, again, you don't have to, 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 to pay interest. But, you know, in the traditional banking world, this is something that affects your credit score. So mm-hmm. oftentimes, if you, you know, keep purchasing through buy now, pay later programs, you'll see your credit score take a hit. It's not a massive hit the same way you would say if you had thousands of dollars in credit card debt, but it does start to sort of, you know, bite into your score. Everyone has taken out debt. It makes sense. Rates are very, very low. So my concern is that when inflation comes back, and I think a misconception globally in the markets is that inflation as an economic phenomenon is dead and buried, when it does come back, we're going to see some pain. Now, we've talked about this in kind of the context of you're buying shoes, you're buying furniture. BNPL for NFTs. Yeah, I mean, I can't stress how awful the timing was for this announcement. And we can, I guess, just even start by the fact that this is something that's happening in the NFT market, which was extremely hot last year. You know, Board 8 Yacht Club, CryptoPunks, all of those popular NFT collections that came into the market and really had people excited. That is not what, you know, it's not the vibe. It's not the vibe. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, you know, we've calculated that the floor price for some of these NFTs has fallen 40% since May. So numbers are down. The interest is just isn't there. And that's, you know, just a byproduct of the so-called crypto winter that we're going through right now. Even so, this company Teller announced that they are launching a buy now, pay later option for NFTs that they very aptly coined Ape Now Pay Later. <coughs> Very catchy. Very catchy. Um, And, you know, it's meant to function the same way it does in traditional finance in some ways, where if you want to buy an NFT, you have to put 25% um, of the total price down up front. And then after that, you can choose to pay in installments. Now, for the companies we talked about before, the Affirms, the Clarners, etc., when I'm using them, I'm entering into a loan agreement with a company. Am I entering into a loan agreement with Teller if I do this for NFTs? Like, how does this work? No. So that is, I think, the main difference here is that what Teller's doing is it's offering a marketplace where people who want to lend money can enter and people who want to borrow money money can enter. And so how this would work is you would want to purchase an NFT in installments and there would have to be another person on the other side that would be willing to become the lender for you for that project. So it's an individual to individual kind of transaction. It's one on one. Um, And, you know, I think that's what causes a lot of maybe the red flags here, because if um, someone isn't able to pay back their loan, that falls on a specific individual versus a company, and the protections just wouldn't be there for that individual. And while the company says that that individual can sort of do whatever they need to do in in order to determine the creditworthiness of whatever person wants to buy an NFT with um, Ape Now Pay Later... It's hard to know. It's hard to know. I mean, one way you could potentially determine someone's credit worthiness in the crypto world is just to look at their wallets Mm -hmm. and be able to see how many assets they have in it. 
But that's pretty much it. And again, we're talking about an industry that's based primarily on anonymity. Right. No one really knows who anyone is, and no one really knows what they actually own or don't own. So it's a really tricky uh, kind of arrangement. Um, But again, something that came to us, you know, in this so-called crypto winter. And we'll just have to see how it goes. We'll be right back with more from Bloomberg reporter Miss Relina Agolfapulo on how Buy Now, Pay Later is shaping the present of crypto. Hi, I'm Ron Kraszewski, chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing entrepreneurial advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I also have a question about, like, where does the NFT come into this? So it sounds to me like this is a marketplace for money to buy NFTs. But in the meantime, is there is Teller also facilitating a relationship with the seller of that NFT? Does the NFT become transferred to you after the first payment? If you don't make the second payment, like, does it go back to someone? Like, what is that mechanic? Do we know? My understanding is you purchase the NFT, you put 25% down, and that is your NFT. Afterwards, um, if you're unable to make payments, Mm -hmm. that is not something that was clearly laid out in their press release announcement about how it would work. And I assume it would have to be, you know, a case-by-case scenario. But they did team up with a couple of different NFT collections that they say they have, um, you know, build a sort of arrangement with, one of them being... um, Yuga Labs and all of the the, the different collections that uh, are under, you know, that company. So Board It, Yacht Club, MeBits, so be it. Um, and so, again, I think as with so many things in crypto, the details here of what happens when this goes wrong. Because it will. Because it will um, are just not clear. Right. And so the risk is is a big part of this conversation. I remember there is an, on, an entrepreneur named Webb Smith who... Many moons ago at this point, you know, made the incredibly insightful observation that one of the big attractions of NFTs, particularly the Yuga Labs NFTs, is feeling like you're joining an exclusive and rarefied club. And I'm fascinated by introducing this dynamic of even if you are not wealthy enough to join that club on the first try, you can like still get in. And I do wonder just as like a social experiment if there's going to be this hierarchy 
in the thing of people who like bought their apes outright sort of looking down at the people who are like I'm sorry are you here on layaway <laughs> like yeah. you know there's like a, Can you there's like a classism yeah um, elements <laughs> of this discussion yeah I mean that's a great question and I think that it I think really touches upon this FOMO culture that you feel with NFTs I mean it's a club that you want to be a part of and especially projects like Board 8 Yacht Club have just so much social commentary and like yeah. social media culture uh, presence. Um, and so it's hard to ignore them. It's hard not to want to be a part of them. And this definitely gives um, anyone who wants to, even if they can't afford it, to be part of this really exclusive club. Right. And the the whole thing was like, well, you're supposed to be rubbing shoulders with Snoop Dogg or virtual Snoop Dogg, as the case may be. Yeah. And now it's like, can anyone just rub shoulders with Snoop Dogg? Shocking. I mean, I think that the way this company is pitching the buy now, pay later option is back to this idea of democratization, decentralization, a place where everyone can come be a part of and really nothing else matters. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was sort of a message that got lost in the wave of, you know, everybody's making a ton of money. Exactly. (laughs) And and when, you know, board it, yacht club owners became crypto millionaires and billionaires, I think that conversation really shifted. But the idea here is like anyone who can jump into crypto should be able to, no questions asked. And this is just another way for them to do so, albeit quite risky. Well, this is certainly something I will be keeping an eye on. (laughs) So maybe come back in a few months and let us know how this is all going. Yeah, let's check in and see who actually used this and and how it's going. Um, I think it's going to be very interesting. Thank you, Ms. Relena. You can find more of Ms. Relena's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, or follow her on Twitter. She's an original member of the First Name Club, and her Twitter is at M-I-S-Y-R-L-E-N-E. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto, with every additional bankruptcy filing or accusation of insider trading, regulators seem to turn up the heat ever so slightly when it comes to their attention on the digital asset industry. But who is doing the regulating? And what does that even look like? And what does it mean that the regulators themselves don't seem to entirely agree on these questions? Bringing us up to speed on what's happening here in the US with crypto regulation will be Bloomberg reporters Alison Versprill and Alex Nguyen. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergalina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producer is Mohamed Farouk. Our producer is Sharon Bariro. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidrin. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.